Welcome to Season 5 of the Shock Your Potential Podcast with your host, best-selling author and international speaker, Michael Sherlock. The Shock Your Potential Podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs looking to up their game, increase their income, and scale their businesses to new heights. Shock Your Potential is a professional services company providing affordable services to small businesses, matching entrepreneurs with virtual assistants, and offering specialized leadership and sales training to companies around the world. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and listen in now to another motivating episode that will help you to shock your potential. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we are talking about something that you all know is very important to me, and that is being mindful in all areas of our life, especially when we are entrepreneurs. So this month is about making sure we're taking care of ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mindfully, which is why we call it Mindful May. And my guest today uh, deals in something that I know uh, personally, and I love how it impacts my life. So I can't wait to learn a little bit more from her and why this was something she wanted to do. So let me tell you about my guest. Mary Welp is a certified hypnotherapist, and she specializes in hypnotic meditation. Now, after 20 years of private practice as a craniosacral therapist and 14 years as a certified hypnotherapist, she launched Rise Hypnotic Meditation to teach others like us how to bring meaningful, positive changes to their lives. She teaches a direct, easy, adaptable practice in four steps, uh, and it kind of sounds like the word rise if you follow it, relax, imagine, suggest, and empower. Now, Mary helps those who are interested in self-improvement or anyone who wants to get rid of some things like bad habits or fears or imprints that are dragging them down. She works with many different areas like boundary issues, social anxiety, sports performance, self-confidence, fear of rejection, optimism, procrastination. I bet she also helps with people that uh, I know I've used this myself for uh, getting over anxiety with flying. And her practice allows anyone to turn their attention inward to make a shift for the better in order to become a healthier, happier person. And I can't wait to talk to her about one of my favorite subjects. So Mary, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Michael. I really appreciate the invitation. I'm always excited and jazzed to talk about uh, Rise Hypnotic Meditation. Well, you know, before we started taping, we found out we were both born in Spokane, Washington, which is a very small world (laughs) and at the same hospital. Um, But one thing that um, I always like to to bring up is uh, when I was still living in Spokane up to about 12 years ago, there was a practice, there was a, a, a practitioner in um, Missoula, Montana, and we would still get the ads in Spokane and it was called positive changes. And it was the first time I'd ever heard about hypnosis as, as a way to really have a different treatment plan for different things. And so they'd always have things like positive change. My positive changes made me uh, stop smoking, or I got over my anxiety, or I finally learned to, you know, really manage my weight and health. And I remember I wasn't skeptical of it. I think I've always been believing because I've done a lot of meditation for a lot of my life. But I know that in the back of my mind, until I started a hypnosis practice myself, you know, participating in it, I didn't know how powerful it really could be. So I can't wait to learn like how you got into this. So tell us a little bit. I hit the highlights of your bio, but tell us a little bit more about you, what you do and how it helps people to shock their potential. 
Yes. Well, I live in Louisville, Kentucky uh, with my husband and my family. And um, I, again, I've been doing private practice for a long time. And I started with body work. And as my clients would come back and tell me that was great and my back is better, my headaches are better, my stomach is better, whatever that issue was. But then they would come to me with an issue that was more for hypnosis. It was more addressing a habit, a fear, an imprint, something that they realized was holding them back and they were ready to address. So mm -hmm. I got my hypnotherapy license. And after a short time, I started marrying the two therapies together and realized that through the relaxation of the body work, that was pretty much the R, the relaxation, the first step right there. And we could go right to work. When the mm -hmm. pandemic happened, my office closed for a number of reasons, but the pandemic mm -hmm. was the big one. Mm -hmm. And I started to think about how I could teach this instead of one-on-one, -on -one, to teach it more in groups. So I developed RISE. Uh, the acronym kind of came to me to make it simple and easy for people. And I thought, boy, I've got something here. So for the last year and three months, I've been traveling and teaching RISE as a three-hour workshop. Mm -hmm. So it, it, um, I teach the steps. I talk about why and how it works. And, um, you know, hypnosis has gotten a bad rap. I think the stage hypnotherapists have mm -hmm. uh, made people think that I can, I'm taking their control away or their will away. And that's really not what is happening. You can get up and walk out of the room at any time. You are the one in control. All mm -hmm. hypnosis is self-hypnosis. You have to be willing and wanting. And stage hypnotists and those that volunteer, they know they're performing and they are in on the performance. So right. uh, when I when I would tell people that they're, oh, OK, well, that kind of changes things then. Yeah. So um, my I have wonderful clients and our clients really teach us how to do what we do. And they would come back and ask for homework. So I would they would say um, so I, as I would teach them individually this practice, again, before it was RISE, it was self-hypnosis uh, as a meditation practice, they would come back and say, okay, I've dealt with my sleep and my sleep is much better, but now um, I really have an anger issue with a family member that I'm, I need to get over and I want to address that. And so they picked up the mantle and they started using this practice for many things that I hadn't imagined really using it for, but I realized the diversity of it and um, the definitiveness of it, like it really does shift and change things. And it gives your, your subconscious the opportunity to reprogram a little bit. Oh, I love how you describe that as, as that that's really poignant. It gives you the opportunity in your subconscious to choose to reprogram. That's really powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the way I'd like to describe it is that that subconscious is kind of the sea of our habits and our beliefs and our thoughts and our fears, all of our memory many, many, many hundreds of thousands of physical programming of the body, our hormones and other chemical things are programmed in the subconscious. So, but when we make a decision, when we're um, in a situation or asked a question or confronted or triggered, or, you know, when it's time for us to act, we act out of this sea of information, you know, our mm -hmm. history, what we've gathered, why we've gathered it, why we react the way we do. 
And I know I, if I were still reacting the way I did in my 20s, it wouldn't be a very pretty picture. So, you know, as we grow and we learn and we change, uh, you know, the change is available to us so that we can have a more stable, emotional, um, grounding way of life. And I think our culture doesn't really teach us as children that we can change, that our change is up to us. And that we don't have to follow necessarily what culture tells us that we Mm -hmm. need to do. And I think a lot of people get stuck and they get themselves in a hole because it's that what life expects of us isn't who we are. Mm -hmm. And so I I found this is a good way to marry those and kind of, you know, um, settle it, that issue. And I love that you bring it back. I love the fact you started with the body work because there is so much. I mean, a lot of times people think that meditation is only about the mind um, or the the potential of hypnotherapy is only about the mind, but it's really not. Everything comes into play. You know, how your body reacts physically is also part of that mental reaction Mm -hmm. and learning to control the way I found my way to hypnosis therapy. um, And I do mine through an app. So I have, uh, you know, an app that I use pretty much daily and sometimes twice a day, depending on, you know, what I'm going through. But I started with meditation and I started with, you know, some guided meditation. And then I learned about how to, you know, get myself there with my breathing because the Mm -hmm. breathing taught my body to slow the brain down to not have the same reactions. But then I found like your, your clients you're talking about, I found there were so many other things. I thought I just need the meditation, you know, just to relax. Well, then it was like, once you start to relax and you learn how to train your body to react differently, then you're like, okay, wait a minute. There's more here to me. There are more doors that maybe I can open them up and peer in a little bit and say, Hey, how can I deal with that situation? Um, when it comes at me surprisingly. And it's, it's a really powerful thing to learn that you can control you not control, but you can, you can gain more power and understanding to change your reactions when you understand how these pieces move together, the physical and the mental and and, And, and marry the two. And they're all one, you know, the, the, the physical is exemplifying what's happening in the mental. You know, they're all there. It's all connected. And when we don't live our spiritual life from our soul's purpose, that also has an effect mentally and physically on our body. Mm-hmm. So it's really about making us um, or not making us, but giving us the opportunity to really live the life that we came here to live, you know, mm-hmm. and live our highest, our highest goals and our highest dreams. And mm-hmm. I agree when I first started meditating, I had the false impression that you wanted to go out of body and that all right. of our answers were up in the ethos in the heavens somewhere and you yeah. pull it down and then you got your answer and it's really not. It's in the body. It's in the tissues. It's in the cells. It's in our DNA. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, generational trauma is a real thing. Yes. Um, it is passed down generation to generation. And until one of the generations decides that it's going to stop here, it's going to continue trickling down. So mm-hmm. we also have this opportunity not just to have meaningful lives for ourselves, but also for those that follow us. I had just had a guest on, um, we were talking about generational trauma. I had never considered that before. It never even popped into my mind. As we had the conversation, I'm like, wow, that makes so much sense for so many reasons. But also just all those minute ways that we might have seen a parent, a sibling, a you know, a relative of some sort, even reacting in certain situations, even as a toddler, you can see and observe and and bear some of that 
in addition to the fact that, you know, these things carry on in a lot of different ways throughout every generation. Well, epigenetics, if you've ever heard of epigenetics, the CDC refers to it. And and it is uh, when a generation of a family has gone through trauma, uh, genocide, enslavement, you know, really harsh uh, treatment from from generations, it has an effect on the genes. It it doesn't change the genes, but it affects them firing and when they fire and how they fire and which genes fire when. Mm-hmm. So it's also not, again, not just about having a happy life, but this is, we're really passing this down. This is, you know, um, I'm Irish. So I it makes me think about um, food insecurity and why oh, yeah. I will spend three hours cooking a meal and I eat it in 10. You know, mm. it's, it's, do I have, and it makes me question, do I have food insecurity? Why can't I take a bite and put my fork down and sit there for a few minutes and chew? Mm. You know, it's mm-hmm. got to, you know, I've got to eat it up. And, and my family also helped um, expand westward movement. You know, in the 1800s, they came to um, Spokane and to Montana and those areas of the country during uh, very difficult times. You know, the, yeah. um, there was a lot of, uh, genocide also happening on our part in, in yeah. the West at that time. So all of these things do have an imprint on us, but knowing that we can shift our imprint keeps us from being stuck. And mm-hmm. that's, I think, the worst place to be is when you feel stuck and you don't feel like you have an out. Well, and I love the way you said this too. You know, you said, think about maybe not just what you're going to do for yourself, by therapy of many kinds, but what you are going to do for your children, your grandchildren, you know, down the line farther by taking in your care of yourself and healing yourself. That's a really powerful message because I think some people think at some, you know, some things in their lives are like, I can't change it. So I'm just going to deal with it or I'm going to ignore it instead of really thinking, Hey, this is not just about me suffering through. This is about how I am affecting future generations, current and future generations to make their lives better and happier. And what kind of positive uh, effect can we have today on ourselves that will also have long-term positive repercussions? Right. It's how we are evolving. How, how do we want to evolve? How do we want to, you know, what's the, where's the human race going? Yeah. And we can't affect that. That's a big question. We, we mm-hmm. you know, feel like we don't have any control over that, but we do have control over ourselves which is really all the control we have. You know, we can't affect change in others, but when we do affect change in ourselves, it definitely has that ripple effect. I And I, I totally agree. I can't wait to learn more about it. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor for the month and we will be right back. Do you want to be a go-to expert that news reporters, anchors, and media producers turn to? Are you a media professional looking for credible, reliable, and timely guests? If you answered yes to either of those questions, then Shock Your Media Potential is for you. This one-of-a-kind platform connects vetted experts with news professionals around the globe. As a part of our launch celebration, you can participate for free in our Shock Your Media Potential virtual conference running March 28th through April 1st. Together with my co-host, Eddie Luisi, known as Stage Manager to the Stars, and also stage manager for Good Morning America, we have interviewed 25 media personalities and professionals 
to ask them the questions you need to know the answers to. Like, how can I make myself more newsworthy? How do I best pitch a story? How do I get invited back again and again? And much more. Some of our guests are household names with exceptional on-camera careers. Others are award-winning directors, producers, camera operators, audio engineers, celebrity hair and makeup professionals, and so much more. To learn more about our platform and our conference today, go to shockyourmediapotential.com. And we are back with Mary Welp. Um, I love this conversation because this to me, it was such a game changer to learn you know, the evolution of my meditation practice into hypnotherapy. And I said, to, it's interesting. I said to my husband, because I've been doing these uh, guided meditations on an app for, I think, three years, four years now, maybe almost four years. And I said to my husband, I said, and I can also get myself into that relaxed state. I didn't have that secure. I, I had a, a couple mm-hmm. flights that weren't great. And I held the hand of a stranger on two of them, one going into Salt Lake City, which is bumpy, and then out of Salt Lake City. So, you, yeah, I know you know that from that side of the country. But yeah. um, but besides that, all these all this practice has really helped me in so many ways. And I said to my husband, I said, you know, because he's I'm I'm like this. I'm like this, you know creative, whatever, you know, you know, woo woo person. I've got, you know, I've got things that I cleanse, you know, I burn and incense and all this kind of stuff, which cracks him up because he's a scientist. (laughs) And I said to him, I go, do you think I'm, do you think I'm like being too dependent on things like this? What do you think? And he goes, I'm telling you, you are so much more relaxed in control of your feelings and emotions. He goes, you sleep at night where 12 years ago you didn't. And he goes, I don't care what, how long you do it or how many you do a day. Don't stop because you're worried that maybe you're dependent. He goes, I, he goes, we have conversations about, you know, how you view the world and how you react to family and stress and situations that are so different. And I was like, oh, it made me feel so good. Cause I'm like, oh, some other, other people now see it in me as well. I mean, this is, this is life-changing. And it changed him because you're having different conversations. So he has changed. Yeah. It does. And because I'm not, you know, I'm not as reactive, like to get my feelings hurt as much, you know, I'll go, Hey, why do you say that? And I'll go, well, I don't know. I thought it was funny. And I'm like, well, that wasn't. <laughs> and they'll go, Oh, okay. Instead of, you know, if it was five years ago, I would have gone, why'd you say that? Oh, you don't love me. Jeez, oh, me. I'd hold it. <laughs> I'd, I'd chew on it and choke on it for a month or two before it would ever come up. If ever, you know, exactly. yeah. Yeah. So now I know you do a lot of this with workshops. So are you doing this like just with groups of people? Are you doing this in business scenarios? What kind of what kind of people are bringing you in to make this kind of uh, change for people? Well, I started with yoga studios mm-hmm. because they're already open to meditation because yeah. this is brand new. So mm-hmm. I started there. And then uh, this weekend, I'm uh, teaching it at a yoga festival, the Kentucky Yoga Festival, which is out in nature on a beautiful farm. And they'll have a lot of other modalities that they're offering. So I'll get to teach it there. And then on Saturday is Mind Fest, which is a mental health festival and conference that's coming to Louisville and Louisville needs it desperately. It's going to be huge. It's going to be great. So I'll be able to expand it there. I've also been presenting at conferences. I've presented at a couple of hypnosis conferences and other conferences just to get the word out. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And then I have also written, because workshops are kind of difficult now with the Mm -hmm. pandemic off and on and off and on, but I've written the Rise Hypnotic Meditation book so that people can pick it up, read it, read why it works, how it works, uh, what the acronym means. And then in the back too, there's um, ideas about how to use it, rise for sleep, rise for phone sensation, rise for different things. I love it. Um, You you know, you should really, what I'm seeing, especially with my other friends who are in the meditation space and teaching it in different ways is there is now not only a need for it, but a desire for it in the corporate setting. So, you know, I mean, just the opportunity at regular conferences, I think you would find people that would, um, would move in that direction. And to one of the things you'd said earlier that you made a comment about, you know, a lot of times as children, we're, um, not taught that we can grow and evolve. One of the things I'm so excited about is, um, you know, that that we're teaching meditation in schools now, and we're taking mental health as a priority. And I know you also work with a lot of um, vets who've had a lot of trauma. Yeah. Those things are the fact that the the business world, um, quote unquote, is mm-hmm. opening to this. There is the finally this recognition that this can make a difference, make us better people, but make us better employees, make us better communicators, you know, help us deal with communication issues in the workplace. There's so much power in learning how Mm -hmm. we can take care of ourselves first. Well, in a happier environment makes a happier company. It's going to be a more productive company. They're very smart to do that. It's also a really good business choice and decision Mm -hmm. because you're going to have more adjusted people. I'm sure there's, you know, many personality conflicts that happen in business mm-hmm. where work is getting uh, sabotaged or not being able to be fulfilled in the way that it was thought of because mm-hmm. of personality and because of control issues. And I think until we're given that opportunity to sit and look at ourselves and our part in it, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, that opens up the door for change. So I th- I commend that. And I think that's very smart business decision. Yeah, I agree too. And I think there's just, it really makes me hopeful, you know, that we as a society um, are taking our, our own, we're, we're giving it credence to say, Hey, if I'm not, if I'm not all here, it's not only going to impact me personally, it'll impact my work and I want to be on top, but I also have to recognize when things are out of whack and find solutions to help you know, me understand yeah. that and get back on track. Right. We'll never right. all stay on the track of this all the time. <laughs> no, no, not at the same track. But I think, again, intention, you know, when yeah. we have that intention or even if we see something in ourselves that maybe was an imprint, maybe something we picked up from our parents or whoever raised us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see that right there, it shifts it, it because mm-hmm. we're all energetic and these things we're talking about are energetic. So when you recognize it, you're shifting it. It's when it's hidden. It's when it's when it's in the shadows, when we're in denial, when what's, you know, it's everybody else's fault, but ours. Um, You know, that's when, again, we, the stuck happens. You know, I, um, I work with a coaching company that um, I've, through them, I've learned about the fact that I'm highly sensitive. So my central nervous system processes information much differently. So I'm learning to lean into that. That's really been aware, uh, a huge awareness, but talking about energy management is a big thing that we do. And one of the things that I learned about myself was I used to 
Um, and I just mean, I used to, until like a year ago, when I started working with this group, I used to stress myself out so badly before I'd leave on a trip, whether personal or business, because I was trying to cram all my work into the last few minutes and pack. And then, you know, then you're like crazy mm -hmm. and then you don't sleep. And then I feel like I needed to dive fully back into a full schedule on the day I got, you know, next day after I was home and just now learning to block time to enjoy packing to think about, you know, how I'm going to transition to not have any meetings for at least, you know, the half a day prior to when I'd leave, if not the entire day and to not have any appointments on the day. That's my first day back. And I've been so good, but I blew it last week because I'd been gone for yeah. 12 days and I hadn't met with my executive team and I blew it. I blew it because I had a meeting. I was exhausted. I got home at midnight the night before, didn't get to bed until 1 a.m. And I had scheduled this 9 a.m. meeting. I was exhausted and I was cranky. And luckily my team, I've been working with them so much. They're like, take a deep breath. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what a great team. What a great team. And I said, yeah. oh, you guys are right. We need to stop this meeting because I'm not in the right space. And that means I'm not going to give you what you need. In fact, I know I'm being cranky. And I was so thankful to them afterward. And I apologize. I'm like, this was not how I wanted to re-enter. But it was interesting to me to go, you know what? We're all still learning. And at least I've taught them to recognize it with me as well as hopefully themselves. And isn't that so healthy though? I mean, if we could stop each other without there yes. being that judgment or that fear of, you know, I better not say that, or, yeah. you know, that you can be honest with each other and vulnerable. I think that's just so important right now. And, um, and then we can get the help, you know, and we can admit, okay, I am not a hundred percent today. And, you know, let's try again tomorrow. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it was so great. Cause when one of my team, she goes, Michael, take a deep <laughs> breath in. <laughs> And out through your mouth when I'm like, okay, just all I needed yeah. was one to go. Okay. Yeah. Clarity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Going back to bed. And that's exactly what I did. We canceled Good. the meeting. I went up, I put on one of my meditations and I mm -hmm. zonked out for like an hour and a half. And I woke up and I went, Oh, the birds are new day. Again. New day. <laughs> It's new a day. new day. Mary, I love it. I love what you do. I love the fact that you also pivoted because um, our followers are mostly entrepreneurs who've all had to make some sort of pivot. But I love that the fact that you're bringing this to more people. And I think that people, uh, all the people that I've ever spoken to that do hypnotherapy um, had reached a point where they're like, yes, I can have one-on-one -on -one impact. But now I realize that this there are so many people that want this. I can reach more people if I do it differently. And I love the fact that you're doing that. Um, and we're going to have all the, all your contact information on in the show notes, including links to your book, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right now, what's the best way for them to find you? The best way is through my website. It's risehypnoticmeditation.com. And in there, there's also some videos you can watch that explain why rise works. And there's, um, I believe there's a meditation for sleep, one for patients, one for peace, one for dealing with negative thought patterns. And there might be a couple of others, but um, I just keep adding to the library all the time. And through there, you can contact me. I'm also going to teach a certification program in September because I'd like to spread this so, and educate other teachers so they can teach in their communities. I love it. Absolutely. Well, you've already given us a lot of wisdom, but before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? 
Well, the one that's really been in my mind lately is that tension is who you think you should be and relaxation is who you are. So if you scan your body now and then and realize or connect with where you feel tension in your body and breathe into that and just give yourself opportunity to relax throughout the day, you're going to be more authentically yourself. Oh, such great advice. And it's, you know, it's a great time in the world too, for us to recognize that, uh, that we can have more control over that part that will lead to relaxation than perhaps we did before the pandemic, when we were all still operating on the treadmill, we've gotten off the treadmill a little bit. I think it's very healthy. I do too. Mary, thank you so much for being with us and sharing everything that you have with us. I really appreciate you being a guest today. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate the opportunity and for me to share my passion. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. And as always, Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.